Hello and welcome back to the Lenny John Rose podcast. I'm Ash Edwards. And I'm Charlie Lanuri. This podcast is brought to you by journalism students from the University of Central Lancashire. More content follow at UConn Live and at UConn Journalism on Twitter. This week we are joined by Ellen White, who plays for England and Manchester City's women's football team, and her husband, Callum Conway. The pair took part in the 100k in May challenge to help raise money and awareness for the Derby Room of MD Foundation. But to start this episode off, Len, how's your health been this week? Um, so much really. Um, voice up and down. Um, arms are starting to ache a little bit, but um, again, no massive changes, thankfully. So, Ellen and Callum, a huge congratulations to you both for your 100k May challenge. How did you find it and uh, how much did you guys end up raising? Um, hi, thank you for having us on your podcast. Um, yeah, obviously, um, I think we were really excited to do something um, to raise awareness of motor neurons disease and the, the Derby Rimmer Foundation. So, uh, yeah, we we're really keen to support that. And, um, yeah, we, we thought about doing 100K and then we decided we'd go a little bit more, um, challenge ourselves a bit more, which, you know, really motivated us as well. So, um, yeah, it was, it was hard at times, um, but we were really pleased to kind of do some videos every day as well to hopefully you know raise a lot of awareness of of mnd as well yeah so uh the current total that they've raised is just over two hundred four hundred thousand pounds um which is incredible um so there's, there's been different things that they've just announced that they're going to do one hundred and fifty thousand pounds over three years with the mnd association uh as grants to to help people that are battling disease so yeah so we knew things like that were going to be done so that certainly helped um when the legs were a little bit tired or like just getting motivation to get out and run that really helped to, to know that that was going to be part of uh, what the money raise was going towards i think we can all agree that what you've achieved in just just the month of uh, of may is fantastic um len just on the topic of charities um, obviously, you have yours, which is the Len John Rose Trust, or on Twitter, it's at TrustLen. And uh, Stephen Darby and Chris Rimmer have the Darby Rimmer M&D Foundation. How important do you think these sort of charities are uh, in terms of raising not just money, but awareness for M&D? I think the awareness um, sort of goes hand in glove, really, with the, with the funds. I think the fact that uh, despite a lot of, sort of high-profile sportsmen um, coming out and saying they've got M&D, it's still really relatively unknown. So um, I, I just worry really that um, it kind of becomes a bit of um, an in thing for a few weeks or months and then sort of dies out, if you like. Um, I think that what the guys are doing is amazing and they're really um, sort of bringing M&D to the fore. But what, what frustrates me and always has really is that unless you are sort of personally touched by MND or you know someone, it's kind of a bit of a lost, um, a bit of a gap really in the market, if you like, whereas people tend not to um, think too much about it. I, I, I get that you don't know what you don't know, but um, yeah, unless you see what it's like for someone else to live with it or you live with it yourself, I don't really think that is at the forefront of many people's minds. And um, that's sort of why the, uh, the likes of Callum and Ellen and certainly what Stephen and, um, uh, and, and other people are doing to raise that um, awareness is quite amazing. 
but a lot more needs to be done, really. So, Callum and Ellen, why did you choose MND? Why is that something that you're both passionate about? <clears throat> um, we're really close to, to Stephen, who's obviously, who, um, alongside Chris Rimmer, kind of um, founded the Darby Rimmer Foundation. Obviously, he was diagnosed with MND. Um, so, you know, that's really close to our hearts. Um, and, you know, for, for a long time now, we, we've wanted to do something to, to raise awareness of motor neurons disease and do something that, you know, really projects it into the, the limelight, as it were, um, to definitely raise awareness. And I think this was something that definitely um, helped us to, to try and do a little bit of, you know, awareness. Yeah, I think, as, as Len said, um, unless you're, you've been affected by, by someone that you know um, having motor neuron disease, like when we first found out about Stephen's diagnosis, um, our knowledge of it, we were really shocked by what we kept learning, um, even throughout the, the last month of May, um, sort of trying to find out and research more about motor neuron disease to, to do on our, our videos every day. Um, we, we're learning stuff all the time. Um, and then, yeah, speaking to people, like we got to know Len, got to know Chris Rimmer more, um, and just hearing about their stories um, and, and what they're doing as well. Like, it was a real eye-opener for us, and, and we just wanted to try and share that as much as possible um, by be, doing something that we're not massively comfortable with in, in doing videos and social media content to to push it out there because we know how much of an effect it had on us when we started to learn about it. Yeah, I was about to ask about that actually because um, sort of I found that certain people that I know quite closely um, still find that quite tricky to um, really express how they feel about it and and maybe for fear of um, what's going to happen to me or maybe how they'll feel if and when I well when I die and all that. But um, for you two to get involved as uh, sort of in depth as you have. That must be obviously the main concern is Stephen and Chris, but um, that must still be quite difficult for you guys. Like I say, doing that research, find out in depth what um, MND entails. Like I was diagnosed in, well, over three years ago, and some of my mates now still can't really do that to uh, research all, all the sort of bad stuff that's going to happen. So, yeah, that must be quite difficult, is it? Uh, yes and no. Um, I think obviously because we've got the connection with Stephen and obviously we talk with him and Steph quite a lot, he's he's really open, which then means that when we've spoken with, with him about it, we just speak about it. Um, and certainly then, you know, talking with yourself, Len, and, and talking with Chris, both been really open and, and Obviously, like you said, how much having a, a positive mental attitude has, and that's the same with uh, with Chris and Stephen. They've both said how much of an effect that has on on them. And I think because of people like yourself and that attitude, that means that when we speak about it, it's not difficult because you're just speaking to someone who's you're just laying everything out on the table. Uh, I don't. Know, would you say any different? No, yeah, I'd really agree with that. Obviously, yeah, yeah we we did go into in depth of, of finding out a lot of information and, and facts about motor neurons disease. And, you know, there's no shying away. It is, it is scary at times. And we had people kind of contacting us saying, you know, it, it kind of blew us away, you know, the, the facts and stuff. But I think it's really important that 
those facts are out there and those statistics are out there for people to understand. Mm. And like Callum said, you know, we, we are able to have, um, you know, open conversations. And for us, we felt really honored that we were able to kind of mm. tell your story, Len, and about you and, and Chris and Stephen. And we felt really honored to be able to do that and help raise awareness of, of MND. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely great. For someone like yourself, Ellen, you know, someone who's, who's kind of, you know, in the media eye being a footballer um, and, and sort of raising awareness for something like that. And obviously recently we've seen Marcus Rashford, um, you know, doing what he's done with, with everything really, you know, using his sort of status to, to good use and yourself doing that. So what are your thoughts on kind of what he's done and how important it is on, on stuff you've done as well? I think it's absolutely incredible what, what Marcus Rashford kind of has done and, and made the government make a U-turn. Um, and, you know, he's, he's used social media so well to, to help raise awareness and, and raise uh, public awareness about everything. And I think, um, you know, for, for me doing the, the 100K in May and, and raising awareness of MND, um, obviously, um, I don't want to say, but trying to use that social kind of platform to be able to, to reach more people. Um, and doing it in the right way and that's why you know Callum came up with the idea of doing the videos um, you know every day and, and trying to get those facts in telling people stories and using kind of my social platform to, to try and raise awareness and I think that's really important for me and for Callum to do that um, and, and to use it in the right way. Do you think sometimes you know footballers can make headlines usually for you know maybe not necessarily the best of things. Do you think campaigns like this can help change the image of football altogether? Yeah, potentially. Um, you know, what, what Marcus Rashford's done has definitely changed a lot of people's perception on footballers and, and what kind of greatness he's achieved through his social platform and also speaking publicly on, you know, the BBC Breakfast and BBC and across those kind of um, national television. Um, so I think it is important for for footballers to use, you know, the social platform they have in, in a good way. And, you know, definitely that's, you know, a reason why, you know, me and Callum wanted to be able to help raise awareness of motor neurons disease in a really positive, not a positive way, but using, um, you know, the platform to be able to raise awareness as much as we could really. And do you guys think that because of what Rashford's done, do you think other players will be encouraged to take part in more high profile campaigns like we've just seen? I think so, potentially, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that the public don't get to know about within football. Um, and I think there is now, maybe more than ever, uh, an opportunity for players to, you know, they've got a massive platform in, in Twitter and Instagram um, that maybe, like Len, didn't have when he was playing. Um, yeah, I just think it's really important. You know, there is so many things that do happen behind the scenes that, you know, we're maybe not aware of. But I think Marcus Rashford putting that in the forefront and really making that big U-turn for the government. I think, you know, footballers will maybe, you know, really take a look at what charities they can support, how they can raise awareness of certain things that are going on within the UK. And I think that is a really positive message. Um, and hopefully, you know, a lot more people, footballers, sports people that have social platforms can use that in a really positive way um and definitely you know i was really proud of to be able to support um you know the 100k main challenge for the derby rimmer foundation but not only that 
raise awareness for MND and also share, you know, stories as well. And I think that was really positively met and we did get some really lovely message and, you know, loads of people donating. And that was, that was really kind of lovely for us. And we felt really privileged to be able to, to do that. Len, what do you think on what Rashford's done? You know, do you think he's going to sort of maybe encourage a few, a few others who've been a bit hesitant to, to get more involved? Do you think people are most likely to be to, to now join in and help you know, with fights that with things that are important. I think, as the guy said, football is probably do a lot more than people realise. I think more than anything, what it's done is kind of humanised him. So whereas people see him as just a footballer, now they realise actually that he's an actual person with thoughts and feelings. A lot of them do. You know, um, we talk about the um, the bad things that they do. We've got to remember that they are just people. So they will make mistakes, uh, as everyone else does. Being the public eye means that they've got to be more careful, but they are still going to make mistakes. But like I said, it humanises them, and um, it's kind of endeared people to him, really, because of what he's done. But um, I know from speaking to people that he's always looked to support charities, local charities, and not just him, loads of footballers of high profile. So, um, yeah, it's great what he's done. And uh, let's hope that more people can take that lead. Uh, definitely. I think as well. So with the return of football, have you guys been on the side of putting the fake noise on or do you just watch it in, in silence? You can hear, you know, the people kicking the ball. Wh which do you guys prefer? I think a bit of both. Um, we've had some games with it and some games without it. It's been quite interesting to hear um, the level of detail that gets shouted around from some of the players. But I don't think you can't really beat having the crowd noise. Um, so it'll be good to get the fans back in. Yeah, I think we've had a mixture. We, we're really we're big fans of German football. Um, so obviously that was the first kind of football that came to the forefront and we were able to watch it. Um, so we did have the crowd noise to start with that. And then obviously the Premier League um, started and we were quite interested to see what it would be like without the crowd noise. Um, and yeah, like Callum says, you get the, the detail, the shouting. Um, I bet goalies have probably lowered their tone or their, their projection of their voices a little bit because I know that they do definitely scream a bit more. But yeah, it's been really interesting, obviously, for fans, spectators, for everyone. It's It's been amazing to have football back. I think everyone's missed it so much. It's, you know, it's a big part of a lot of people's lives. Um, so it is really great to have it back. But like Callum says, it will be amazing at some point when, you know, hopefully everything settles down that we are able to to get fans back in the stadiums. Len, as, as we... As we talk today it's Monday um, obviously Burnley player tonight you used to play from you know I'm, I'm sure you'll keep a keen eye on them uh, will you be watching with yeah. the crowd noise tonight I, I've got to take a slight issue what Ellen said there um, I haven't missed it one bit at all I <laughs> I haven't I haven't it came back and I didn't even know it was a game um, <laughs> like you to say about Burnley now literally I'm not terribly funny that's the first I knew about it <laughs> I really had no idea at all that they, that they were even playing. When, no, I, I sort of, I, I, I find it hard to watch football because what I do is I analyse it all the time. So I'm not a fan at all. I don't really support anyone. Um, I find 
jeering and cheering weird. I don't understand how fans can get that uptight and angry over people playing football. I find it all quite strange. So um, to watch it without that fan noise is weird for sure. But um, yeah, for me, like a lot of the um, important matters have been solved. Liverpool have won the league. We all know that. There's a bit of relegation going on. Um, it just feels a bit surreal to me. So um, no, I won't be watching it with or without sound. I will um, probably end up watching Coronation Street, which is even worse normally. But yeah. No, I don't care. I, I, I generally don't care about it at all. Couldn't care. Yeah. Literally, quite literally, leaving football out of your lockdown life. You've not missed oh, it. So, no, not a bit. I've, I've tried. I've tried to watch it. I just can't. I just can't enjoy <laughs> it. It's, it's too weird. It's too weird. Wait till the next season starts with the fans. I might watch it, but I can't even have a decent bet because, um, like, think about the German league. Um, most of the results always uh, wins have been from the away team. So, like, all the forms go out the window. So, I can't even have um, a decent bet. So, no, waste of time to me. Waste of time. Waste of time. Ramp Big over. Lenny John Rose, expert yeah. doesn't yeah. watch any longer. No. no. <laughs> so, Ellen and Callum, what are your plans for summer in terms of uh, fundraising and, um, and even for you, Alan, preparing for the next season? Yeah, obviously, we'd love to get involved with, with more fundraising. We haven't got anything specific at the moment. Um, obviously, if you've got anything, to <laughs> let us know. We'd love to, we'd love to um, help. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've basically, I should be returning to training um, kind of early July, which um, should be really exciting. Um, so, um, yeah, and our season should hopefully begin kind of start of september so um yeah I've, i'm really looking forward to, to kind of get back to training um yeah it's been like three or four months of kind of training by myself now and and trying and kind of dragging callum to the um to the football pitch to to try and some boots and balls at me so uh yeah it'd be really nice to get back to, to playing football and you know if we can help in any fundraising things that do happen then definitely we'll, we'll be excited to take part as well do you do you think we'll be seeing more injuries as as football games start back up again because the pandemic's impacted training in sort of you know people haven't been able to do exactly what, what they were doing? Yeah, I think you already have. Um, like Arsenal have played two games and lost almost a whole five side team. Um, I think that's unfortunately that is something that will happen. Um, I think the Premier League's introduced the drinks breaks halfway through. Uh, extra substitutions as well just to try and limit that but it is a contact sport at the end of the day as well so injuries are going to happen it's just probably highly likely that there will be a higher rate of injuries at the moment just because of that return to play and sort of like the limited interaction players have been able to have with um, the 11 side game and friendlies building into it. So we've, we've got more interaction, the football's back on telly, we're getting towards that normal life. Len, what are your plans for summer and end of lockdown? We've talked about Nando's. we've talked about a big glass of wine at the pub. Has the list grown any further? Um, you know what, I'm still desperate for those. But um, I started at home earlier and so I need another project. I'm like, I've written a book that's coming out fine with the publishers. I'm like, 
twiddle my thumbs now. Well, it would be if I can't, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I'm just desperate to, um, I don't know, get my teeth into something else. So, um, I don't know, maybe I'll write another book or start on poetry. I don't know, but I need to do something to get my mind active. Um, hopefully, like I say, things will be over. We've got the ball coming up in February, so I can um, concentrate my efforts on that. And then, like I say, drink wine in Nando's. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great place to, to sort of end this week and, and this sort of um, mini series we've had. Um, so I'd like to thank Ellen, Callum and uh, Charlie and Len for joining us this week. Um, Len, thank you for everything over the past 13 weeks. It's been a pleasure working with you. Um, feel free to message us on Twitter. Our handles are at AshEdwards2000, at Charlie Neary and at L John Rawls. And for more content, please follow at UCLan Live and at, UCLan, at Journalism UCLan on Twitter. Stay safe and we hope to see you very soon.